Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hello. Well, Desi, this week on The Main, we talked about the Danvers State Hospital, which is where they filmed Session 9, mm-hmm. the movie. And I decided that this week we would talk about a few different haunted asylums. Ooh. Now, some of these aren't strictly haunted, okay. but but there definitely was some creepy shit going down. Sounds good. While they were in operation. Ooh. This first asylum is called the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum and it's in West Virginia. It opened in 1964, and like Danvers, this is a Victorian Gothic-style building. Ooh. So you know it's creepy looking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if any anything Victorian-style is guaranteed creep factor. Absolutely. I don't know what those people were up to. Th- those, were the, those were the people who were taking pictures of dead people. Why would you make that type of hospital in a scary style? Right? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like the 60s, it's not like an old building. They could have done a more like mod style or something like open and no, light 1860s. and airy. Oh, I thought you said the 60s. No. Oh, oh 1860s. 1864, <laughs> it opened up. <laughs> Sorry. No, if it was the 1960s, it would have been like a space age, whatever. Right. That's why I thought it was weird. I was like, why would it, why go with that stuff? <laughs> no. <laughs> That is some dark shit. If somebody purposefully like, built... let's make it gothic. <laughs> for a mental hospital. Uh, no, this is open in 1864. It's a very old building. I mean, old for the U.S. Yeah. We don't have that many old, old, old buildings. No. Uh, like Also like Danvers, it at one point struggled with overcrowding, causing patients to suffer. A big theme of a lot of these mental hospitals is that there was a lot of overcrowding. Yeah. Which is not good. No. The building was constructed to only house 250 people, but by the 1950s, it was home to 2,400 patients. Whoa. In the early days of the hospital, it had a farm and a dairy that produced fresh food for the patients. That's nice. They definitely started out with like better intentions yeah. of this hospital. They wanted it to be self-sustaining. Like right. we live off of the stuff that we grow. Yeah. And they also had a gas well that was drilled on site. But by 1880, the building was already suffering overcrowding. In uh, 1949, a report of the hospital in the Charleston Gazette stated, quote, more than 1,800 men and women were jammed into long, dreary dormitories, doubled up on tiny rooms intended for one, many existing in miserable, deprecated quarters with uh, depreciated quarters, excuse me, which could never pass minimum inspection standards for domestic animals. One old wizened crone of a patient summed up the condition with the unsolicited comment that it, quote, looks like a hog pen. It smelled even worse. But why'd they call her a crone? Because <laughs> she was a wise old bitch. 
<laughs> I hope I'm an old crone one day. That's true. Um, but if I was called that, like, not on my own it accord, seemed, yeah, exactly. in the newspaper, I'd be like, hey, that's for me to call myself. Exactly. Not for you. Wizened is fine. <laughs> yeah, you can say a wizened, old, glamorous lady. Yes. Uh, the quote continues, any way you look at it, it comes out that the people who run our mental hospitals are doing a fine job under insurmountable handicaps. Disgraceful conditions are not their fault. It is the fault of the people of the state who refuse to furnish the funds for proper care of our mentally ill. So this is, you know what? This is not a new issue we deal with today. Yes. We have always not taken care of sick people in this country. Yeah. So the areas, there were areas of the hospital that had been refurbished after a fire happened in 1935, and they were in much better condition than these squalid conditions. But the areas which had fallen into disrepair were just particularly horrific. It was just unacceptable. Yeah. It was like, where is the money to help these people? Yeah. In the 1950s, the hospital was administering lobotomies willy-nilly. <gasps> We've Uh-oh. talked about lobotomies yeah. on this show before. And in the 50s, they everyone loved lobotomies. Not the patients. Right. But doctors, a lot of doctors in these sanitariums were like, let's, oh, you have cramps? Here's a lobotomy. You know what? It's like a lot, like, it's very in line with them not having the funds. I'm not saying it's justified, but it's like, let's, we need to like, they're doing it for the wrong reasons because they want to pacify Patients, basically. Do you know what I'm saying? To make their lives easier? It's all very sinister yeah. on a lot of different levels. I don't know. Maybe I'm sure... Look, I'm sure there were doctors at the time who really thought this was a medical breakthrough, even though we look at it today and it seems so archaic and yeah. disturbing. Uh, Dr. Walter Freeman employed the ice pick method Ooh. of lobotomies, which is basically... Literally, I shouldn't say basically, but you're jamming an ice pick into someone's eye. I mean, it's hard to believe that anyone thought that that was a good idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, like, when I think about lobotomies, I don't think, like, I forget that it wasn't that long ago that these were happening. Right. I like, think also for us, or at least me, my first impression of, like, my first hearing of a lobotomy was in a very like maybe one flew over the cuckoo's nest or something like it was a very negative thing so when I learned that it started off as a medical treatment it was like it was hard to wrap my brain around it because I had already thought of it as a horrific thing right um but yeah so this hospital especially due to overcrowding they were just like let's just give everybody lobotomies yikes uh the hospital remained opened until 1994 the site <gasps> remains and it's host uh and and it's host to ghost tours ooh so it's open as a like historical site that does ghost tours they offer daytime tours nighttime tours and an overnight option <gasps> desi Let me ask you a question. Would you stay in this hospital overnight? What's the accommodations? Well, Well, like, am I in one of the old beds or do I have like a hotel? Like, I'm curious. You have to stay in the hospital overnight. I assume they give you, I assume you're staying at like the, the hours of this particular nighttime excursion is it's like a ghost hunt. So you're up all night. You're up all night. Okay. Would you? hang out there from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. That's the hours of this hunt. Uh, I'm on the fence. I'm not necessarily no. I might do it I with would, the right group of people. I would do it with you. Yeah. I would only do it with you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I for the show. Absolutely. Only for the show. Yeah. No, I mean I can't see doing it with too many people, but I would do it with you. I had an ex-boyfriend in high school and um he went to an abandoned asylum. I think it was like in the LA area, but I saw the pictures from it and I, I couldn't believe I was like almost mad at him that he yeah. went because it looked so scary. I was like, how did you do that? Like, I can't believe you did that. And I they think, went at night and stuff. Yeah. I think part of the thing with me is in my experience, when I've done ghosty things or haunted things, like I did like a tour and when I went to New Orleans, nothing ever happens. Well, I think for me, whenever it's like an official ghost tour, like that you pay money, like a ticket like you're going to a haunted house, I feel like nothing's going to happen. Yeah. But if you're going with friends and it's not anything official... You're like sneaking in. You're sneaking into an abandoned place. Then some freaky shit's going to happen. Well, because it also has the added element that you're sneaking in. So you're scared of getting caught too. Your senses are heightened. Yeah. Uh, There is that added element. And I also just think maybe ghosts don't want to come out and play around a bunch of like tourists. Yeah. Like with a tour guide. If I was a ghost, I'd be like, I'm not giving them the satisfaction. Well, (laughs) Desi, I can't, I mean, not that I want you to die, but I am very curious about what it's going to be like when you're a ghost, because I know you're going to be petty. I know you're going to do some really petty shit. If I haunt. Uh, You will haunt. I will? I think you're going to haunt. Okay. But it's, I mean, I don't think you're, you're not going to do any malicious haunting. I just think you're going to, you're going to do some hilarious haunting, but it's going to be very petty. Okay. I mean, yeah. Like you might. Would not be out of character. (laughs) Like you might make somebody's ice cream fall out of their cone. Or eat their ice cream. So when they come at home at the end of the day looking forward to it and it's gone. You're the one who ate it, but they think that they did it in the middle of like an ambient stupor. Yeah. Or they blame their roommate. Are they Right. You're going to do stuff like that. Okay. So the hospital, like I said, it remained, uh, where am I in this? Okay. Yes. So they offer an overnight option. Now, a writer for the Washingtonian, Marissa M. Cushino, spent the night there and she wrote about her experience. She said, quote, we broke into smaller groups, spending two hours on each of the asylum's four floors before rotating. Our guide told us about some of the hospital's better known spirits, including a little girl named Lily who was born in the asylum, (gasps) a man named Jesse who died of a heart attack in a bathtub, civil war soldiers, and a patient who was brutally murdered by his roommates. On each floor, she gave us the lay of the land before turning us loose to explore. The hospital is so vast that it was easy to end up alone despite the dozens of other people wandering around. It was always easy to feel lost amid the maze of hallways and patient rooms covered in peeling paint. Julia and I set up in a room allegedly haunted by this a spirit named Jim James. We placed a mag light on the floor and asked Jim to turn it on. The light was Julia's, but I inspected it and it seemed totally ordinary. A few beats passed, then it came on, by itself. I offered Jim a cigarette to turn it back off. It went dark. And then she said in parentheses, I don't smoke, but our guide gave me a couple cigarettes because she said that some of the spirits liked them. So this woman's flashlight turned on by itself when she asked the ghost to turn it on. That's creepy. Yeah. Uh, Betsy Bethel for the Associated Press, she went to this hospital and she said that the hospital has an exhibit of patient art. 
Ooh. I would love to see that. I like that. I love seeing You know, when I went to the Museum of Death in Hollywood, my favorite room right. was the room full of serial killer art. Oh. Like they have a bunch of John Wayne Gacy shit. Nice. Um, so she said the most disturbing was a drawing done by a child who was a patient there. <laughs> It's a stick figure choking another stick figure, and the caption reads, Father Choking Sean. Oh, my God. That's, that's like something I would do. <laughs> that's dark. That's really dark. Oh, it's like so sad to think of a child in that hospital. Oh, my God. Like uh, with all the adults. Like they, you know they weren't like careful it, about separating people probably. Yeah, no. Uh, really just sad. Okay, our next hospital we're going to be talking about is called Rolling Hills Asylum, and this is in Bethany, New York. And while it's not a traditional asylum in the way that we think of, it was what was known as a poorhouse. Oh, no. This was a place that housed minor criminals, disabled people, orphaned children, and widowed women. Wow. So I guess women who weren't able to get back on their feet after their husbands died? Well... Maybe it was a period where widows just wouldn't remarry or like that they were done. Like, they're like, I'm going to go live in the poorhouse. Yeah. I mean, I've heard Uh. about the poorhouse. Oh, me too. Just not, I just didn't look into it. I just thought it was like a a metaphorical thing. Yes. Like I'm living in the poorhouse. Yes. So it dates back to 1827 and a lot of people died there and they have ghost tours. On the second floor is the shadow people hallway. (gasps) I just want to say shout out. To all the meth heads listening to the show, <laughs> you all know about the shadow people. I know about the shadow people. Right into the show if you've, if you've seen the shadow people before. <laughs> I've seen the shadow people before. <laughs> so they have. They yeah. have a shadow people hallway. They're not talking about shadow people in the way I'm talking about shadow people. They're talking about actual ghostly apparitions. And the building's most famous ghost is that of a guy named Roy Krause. He died in 1942, and he was seven and a half feet tall. Whoa. He can be seen roaming that hallway. They even have a birthday celebration for him. Okay. They had one this past March. They're like, happy 130th birthday, Roy. Damn. I mean, he's their bread and butter now. (laughs) He is their bread and butter now. And I saw some pictures on their website of this shadow figure, because they're like, they have like, you know, nighttime vision, okay, whatever, like images. And I can't, I like am such a pussy. Like I can't even look at pictures of ghosts. Really? No. <laughs> I don't even like looking. It's scary to me. Like I saw like two images and I clicked out of it. Oh, I want to look now. I don't like it. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. 
With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. The, the next one we're going to talk about is called the Fernald State School. It is in Waltham, Massachusetts. This was built in 1888, and it was originally called the Experimental School for Teaching and Training Idiotic Children. Wow. That is <laughs> so, quite a name. That is a, look, they changed it. Okay. They changed it to the much more, uh, slash, I'm being sarcastic, uh, the School for Feeble-Minded Children. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Someone got their thesaurus out. They got their thesaurus out, but it used to be called, like, its first name was for teaching and training idiotic children. Unbelievable. Like, why not just children? <laughs> right. Like, Ch- we can defer what we children need. Children who learn differently. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, look, it's just nice to know that in the 1800s, I would have been known as an idiot child. Yeah. You could have gone to that school. <laughs> well, I was never diagnosed specifically with a learning disability. I absolutely had one. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are undiagnosed, Yeah, I think. Yeah. So uh, it's super, it was renamed in 1925 after the death of its superintendent, a guy named Walter Fernald. And Fernald was a big fan of eugenics. Oh, no. He loved eugenics. Wow. And that is not the only disturbing part of this school's history. Yikes. The school was home to uh, a lot of different kids. It was home to mentally disabled children as well as children who were abandoned by their parents. And it also suffered from overcrowding and squalid living conditions. On top of that, there were several reports of sex abuse (gasps) occurring between the staff and the children. These uh, children were also forced to do manual labor and were overall treated like shit. Oh, my God. And inhuman. They this weren't, is like 
a, like one like a Annie orphanage, like where it's like they're literally being used as like slave labor. And yeah, like, yeah, they were really not treating these kids well. And by the 1940s, children at the school were subjected to involuntary science experiments. (gasps) Oh, my God. The school offered a science club which allowed kids interested in science to have extra privileges like trips to Red Sox games, (gasps) gifts, and extra food. Science club? They're like, come be part of the science club. That's the sickest name. We'll take you to the Red Sox game. Oh, my God. So kids who were into science joined this club, and the children who were in this club they were fed small amounts of radioactive <gasps> chemicals. Oh my god! Hidden in the oatmeal. This is like Mangala type. Totally. Stuff. Yeah. It's evil. The school wanted to observe the effects of the radiation on the kids, and Quaker Oats was in on it. No. Yeah. They supplied the cereal <laughs> for this experiment. Did they know? Yes, they knew. Oh my Quaker god! Quaker Oats was interested in the effects of the absorption of calcium and iron with the effects of radiation. I don't know why, but they were very interested in this study, allegedly because they were in a feud with cream of wheat. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at what happened. I just did not see that coming. I know it's so absurd. It's like it's so absurd because also the seriousness. It's like you're doing this because of your dumb feud with cream of wheat. You're subjecting these children it's to so absurd. It's just like it's what I did listen to something about Mangala, and there's also like bear ass like <laughs> was involved in a lot of these things as well. Aspirin bear bear aspirin? yeah like the medical company yeah and it's just kind of like hearing that it's just so disturbing because you're like is every company just a fucking yes. piece of shit like Desi there is no ethical consumption <laughs> under capitalism yeah it's uh, so he, awful I mean look Coco Chanel was a Nazi sympathizer yeah Hugo Boss famously made the Nazi uniforms yeah all of these companies they do not give a shit yeah so uh, like. I mean, it's just like insane when you hear about this stuff. So, so Quaker Oats, this feud, I mean, I skimmed this. I was reading the Smithsonian Magazine right. article about this. And basically the gist of this feud with uh, cream of wheat was just like they want, who was the top cereal? It was, was it oatmeal or was it cream of wheat? Yeah. And Quaker Oats wanted to prove that their uh, oatmeal like had, was rich in iron and whatever and right. all these vitamins. That so you would could, absorb more of them or something. By yeah, I didn't read that deep into it, so I don't really get the radiation angle, why they would need that to prove it. Right. Uh, but that could have just been something the hospital threw in for a bonus for them, right? Oh no, Quaker Oats. They wanted to know about the radiation. They wanted to know about the radiation. Why? Why on earth? I don't know. Were they trying to prove that oatmeal stopped it or something? <laughs> like, I don't know exactly. Yeah, crazy. But I, I, I mean, all of those sort of healthy foods have very sick origins. <laughs> like, really? I think so. Like a lot of the like Kellogg's cornflakes, like all of these things that were sort of health. I think they did some weird things to kind of prove stuff that they're actually oh. good for you. Uh, really? Yeah. You don't you know about the Kellogg's cornflakes? No. Well, that guy, that's like the guy, The Road to Wellville, that movie. Oh my God, that's based off a real thing? Yes. Yes. That guy had a wellness oh, thing. Oh, wait, I'm thinking about The Cure for Wellness. Sorry. Okay. That's, defi- <laughs> that's definitely fiction. Okay, wait, what's The Road to Wellville? That's about that guy who invented Kellogg's cornflakes. Kellogg, I think his name is. Is it a- They're like, they were like science, like, um, 
homeopathic or whatever. So this is not a documentary. They made a movie about they it. They made a movie about it, but you can, it might be based on a book. Can we do movie versus reality? Of course. I've thought about it several times, but one of their things was that um, Kellogg's cornflakes stopped masturbation or something like that. I can't remember. I that they was had all the, that was graham crackers. No, cornflakes does something similar though. Cause it's like, it keeps your mind from thinking about, uh, masturbation. It had a weird masturbation thing too, but graham crackers too. I'm just saying like a lot of those healthy type foods have these weird origin stories. Yeah. Um, I can't remember why I was reading about it recently, maybe for um, a mini soda or something. Honestly, I could eat a whole box of frosted flakes right now. Cornflakes are underrated. They are good. I mean, I like them even just with sugar sprinkled on them. I do too. Like just plain. Do you uh, want to know something stupid about me? I uh, sure. really like shredded wheat. I like grape nuts. Uh, what? Yeah. Desi, that is the <laughs> worst. That is the worst cereal. I can't help it. That I don't is, know why wait, I like it. The other one that's worse than grape nuts is Fiber One. What's that? That's the, one with, the like, grossest th- one. That's the one. Because it I'm looks thinking. like little turds. Like, it looks like little turds. It's the little shredded. No, there's little... certain ones where I'm just repulsed. Yeah. I'm repulsed. like, this is like, I'm going to make you shit. <laughs> There's certain cereals where I'm like, that's for someone who's 80. Yeah. And they have prune juice and like fiber (laughs) cereal. It's like these people need help shitting. It's like they don't give a shit about the taste of that. They're it's like a medically prescribed cereal. That is like too clinical for me. Uh anyway, I do like grape nuts. I haven't had them in a really long time, but I do like them. I really like shredded wheat. I like a brick of shredded wheat, like the old school. When it gets all the milk sucks into it. Yeah, and you put really good. Sliced bananas. It's so good. You know why? My grandpa Ed ate shredded wheat. <laughs> Rest in peace. He, I like some of those old school cereals. He ate, and he was a cardiologist. Oh. So he knew it was good for his heart. He got a fiber. He got fiber. Yeah. My grandpa Ed, uh, whenever I go visit my grandparents in Philadelphia, he would always have a big ass fucking bowl of shredded wheat with sliced bananas on top and like probably 1% milk. Yeah, the big ones too. The big bricks. Yeah. The big Because now they have bricks. the minis, like the little mini ones. No, he got the original. I remember the original. And you know what? I think I'm going to get some of that this weekend. I don't think I've even seen that. <laughs> <laughs> When you go to like the cereal aisle, it's like a hundred different types of cereal. Right. I haven't seen, you know what? You probably have to order that from like the Vermont country store. Yeah. Because everyone just buys the mini ones now. No, I, there's the big ones taste different. They just hit different. They hit different. No, I, as a kid, I liked the non-sugar cereals. Same. So I liked a lot of the um, different ones. Yeah. Did you ever have the one that's really good? I can't even remember what it's called, but it, it was like Oatos and they taste Oatios? I can't remember what it was called. Oh, I I have I'll have to look it up for another time. It was like the best cereal and they stopped selling it because <laughs> it tasted like little oatmeal cookies, but they were in Ooh. an O sha- shape, but it had like a fibery name. Right. <laughs> but it was right. really good. Yeah. I liked um there was something, it was like love potion number nine. What was it? <laughs> product nine? Oh, product nine. product nine. I remember it. I like no, it's product 19. Product I think. 19. <laughs> I liked product 19. You know what it is? We're both grandma people. I know. So we ate all those cereals <laughs> <laughs> as kids. Oh my God, that's probably true. I'm telling you, I, we're both close to our grandmas. We're so close to So our I always ate her grandma cereals. <laughs> Dude, this is why. My mind is fucking blown. And I even liked her grandma like sweets. Like I used to like those devil food cookies that came in. They're like Snack Nabisco. Wells? 
They were before snack wolves. They're like what snack wolves are based on. These like <laughs> devil food cookies from Nabisco. They were like soft cake covered with marshmallow and dark chocolate. Oh, like Malamars kind of? Yes, but they were snack well. The snack wolves are based on the original oh, I didn't devil they, food cake. I didn't know those were based on a true yes, story. Yes, they're based on a true story. <laughs> and my grandmother always used to have them. They came in like a sleeve. Oh and we used to just eat them together. And oh. she had diabetes too. So she's like, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Oh my God, I miss my grandma so much. I know, grandmas. I have one grandma still alive. Yeah. And I miss her so much. Yeah. Because she lives in Philadelphia. Yeah. She listens to the show. Oh, she does? Well, she listened to um, my mom. I was talking to my mom the other day and she was like, I put on, she goes, I put on a sh- I put on an episode of Hollywood crime scene that I thought your grandma could relate to because she would recognize the name. And I was thinking like, oh, something from the 40s or the 50s or whatever. And my grandma said, Ev- and my mom said Evelyn Nesbitt. And I was like, <laughs> Evelyn Nesbitt? That bitch was from the Edwardian era. I was like, <laughs> that your mom was throwing shade. She was throwing shade. She was throwing shade. Okay. Oh, I know what it was called. Cracklin Oat Brand. <laughs> oh my God. Cracklin Oat Brand. That is the best cereal. Because yeah. it was a little sweet. Yeah. I it had that grainy oats. I like a cereal that's a little sweet. Like, you know one that's good that they still make today is those oat, Quaker Oat. Quaker Oat. Yeah. Quaker Oat oatmeal squares and they have a hint of brown sugar. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like a hint of brown sugar. I like a hint, I like a hint of brown sugar. Here's the thing. I never buy cereal because I eat the whole box. I in eat one the whole sitting. box too. I in can't stop. Sitting. I fucking love cereal. I love it. If I could live off of cereal, <laughs> I could eat it almost all, every meal. Like if I had one savory meal, then the rest could be cereal and I would be fine. I love cereal. It's I don't so even good. need milk. If it's a good cereal, I'll eat it out of the I box. I used to eat crackling over <laughs> Rachel, do they not make it anymore? I haven't seen it, or Wait I probably would have bought it. I need to look at Cracklin' Open was so good. The other cereal I really liked was called Blueberry Morning. Oh my god, <laughs> I remember that. Wait, I they still make it? Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, I oh my god, try this it. shit. I just remember the thing that makes me think about Cracklin' Open was this like SNL commercial of for Cracklin' Open, <laughs> but it was Cracklin' Open with ecstasy. Oh, so it was Will Ferrell, like totally like. Rolling yeah. throughout the whole commercial. So whenever I hear Cracklin' Oprah, I think like, oh my god, it has ecstasy in it. It's good. Um, yeah, I just imagine you with like a big cat in the hat hat on and like a pacifier eating it. Oh my straight god, straight out of the yeah. box, dude. It, even like the box looks like you're gonna get high. It's so good. Those little O's, they're they're like square they're O's. Square O's. Wait, I need to look up Blueberry Morning. What was Blueberry Morning was so good. I was obsessed with Blueberry Morning. That's the dumbest Just the name. smell of it. It smelled <laughs> so fragrant. I always called it healthy booberry. <laughs> How old are you? When I was obsessed with Blueberry Morning, I don't remember. Oh my god, here's like a box that you can get on eBay. eBay <laughs> Oh my god! It's just the box. Sad. Oh, forget it's it. It's just the it's just the cardboard box. It's for forty eight dollars. You can have a nineteen ninety four edition of Post Blueberry Morning. This looks good. Why they don't have? It's literally the best cereal. I don't know why they, they don't sell they it anymore. Still do? Oh, they you do. Why would on, you fucking buy the box? What's I'm going to order this? Wait, 
$57 on Amazon. Here's the thing about Blueberry Morning. It has oh, flakes, it has oat clusters, and it has dried little blueberries. And it's when you open the box, it smells like blueberries. Like, it's so good. I'm going to order this on Amazon, and we're going to eat it, eat it together. Okay. Because I can get this on Amazon. I guarantee you this is going to be one of your favorite cereals. It says, <laughs> it's so good. It says, Blueberry Morning, delicious blueberries, multigrain flakes and clusters, and special specially selected almonds. Oh, yeah. It has almonds, too. I think Honey Bunches of Oats with almonds is the Ooh, best cereal I like in the world. that one. This is very similar to Honey Bunches of but Oats. But with blueberries. But with blueberries. Yeah, because it has the clusters. The clusters. I, I'm, I was so into clusters when they came out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oat Cl- clusters? I know what I know about clusters. <laughs> that was like a 90s thing. A when they very like, 90s Every thing. cereal had fucking clusters. And you know what I was thinking was such a 90s thing is when for like a minute in the in the mid-90s, you could not buy a cup of yogurt without that little packet of, yes. of granola on the top of Dude, it. Dude, that was the worst design. <laughs> It had the little tinfoil thing you had to peel back. Yeah. And then you'd sprinkle in your little... It wasn't even like real granola. It was like puffed rice cereal, like, but brown. Yogurt marketing is the most bizarre... Because I just want plain yogurt. Like, I don't care if I'm mixing it. Like, they always acted like that was such a, like, take it from the bottom and mix it to the top. It's Why? Like, just fucking spread it throughout. I don't fucking want to mix it. Like... It's yeah. so weird. Yeah, those little tinfoil cups on top were just so annoying to me. And like they were, oh, and then they had them like for kids and it was just straight candy. And it was never the right ratio. No. Ever. Because it was too little of the crunchies. So you only had the top and then the end was plain and like the worst yogurt ever. It wasn't even really good yogurt. Right. Uh, yeah. Ugh. I like those Yoplait custard styles. Dude, Yo Play was my favorite Me as a too. kid. Me too. I thought it was the fanciest. Me too. I thought it was so fancy. I always got the yellow container Yo Play. The, yes. the custard style. The custard. That shit, the vanilla or the banana, those were my well, I used to remember like putting the spoon in it. It yes. was sliced. Slice. <laughs> I did that too. I did Dude, that too. We're like the same person. I know. That is so funny. Oh my God. I'm sad they don't make custard style anymore. Yes. That was good. <laughs> It was not enough, though. I always wanted oh, another. No. Those they those so containers small. of Yo Play were like four bucks. Yeah. <laughs> they were like thin and tall. Yeah, like, they were thin. Oh and my tall. god! Yeah. What the fuck? So here's the happy ending of this. Oh yeah. Kids getting experimented on. <laughs> Sorry. Story. That was a tangent. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, the other people that funded this study was Harvard and MIT. 57 boys ingested radioactive oatmeal and 17 boys were injected with radiation, but they didn't know that they were being injected with radiation. I think they were like, we're giving you an iron supplement. This is so demented that this stuff happened. They had no idea they were being used as human guinea pigs. And it wasn't until decades later when these boys found out through a report that was released (gasps) in 1994 Many of the boys in the science club came forward and they filed lawsuits against Quaker Oats and MIT. In 1998, the suit was settled and the boys were awarded $1.8 million. Wow. I think they should have got more. Wait, $1.8 each? I think it was spread between all of them. That's not enough. Uh, The school underwent massive reforms in the 1970s after a lawsuit was filed against the poor living conditions and it was shut down completely in 2014. Damn. It was open for a while, but the building still stands today abandoned. Okay. And I bet it's haunted. 
Yeah. There aren't any ghost tours there that I know about, but I bet it's haunted. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of, I find the ghost tours maybe morally ambiguous. <laughs> like, is that cool? Like a ghost tour of a A place where people were tortured and suffering. Like, it's not like a house where someone lived or something and just they were haunted. Like, actual bad stuff happened there. It's like a factory of misery. Yeah, and now they're profiting off of it. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird to me. Like, are you giving a percentage, a big percentage of your profits to help disabled people? Right. Where's this money going? I'm curious. Right. I don't know. I'd have to look into it, I guess. Maybe, I guess, they're like, it's a historical site and we're... Da, 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 but it's like if it's historical though a lot of those places are free or donations to like keep it running or something sorry right uh yeah i don't know well that's the uh three hospitals i want to talk about pretty grim stuff yeah i mean there's a lot more and there's obviously places like around the globe that i didn't get to but uh, oh there's so many i mean there's so many the thing about uh these old hospitals is so many of them are just abandoned and they're still up well, because they're massive buildings. Right. Uh, and I think, I remember looking into one that was in Kansas. Like, I think it's the Topeka State Mental Hospital. It's a pretty well-known one. It's also abandoned. And I feel like sometimes they're just in these areas that are not very populated because they probably put them in these areas, like, sort of out of the way or are sort of, you know, not in big cities sometimes. Right. So maybe they just, like, get abandoned and there's nothing really to do with a building that size. Right. Um, I don't know. Or it's no interesting. One, no or maybe it's just it. cursed. Like, no right. one wants to that be on that land. Right, right. Now, uh, we do have some listener emails I wanted to get to. Uh This is from Sophie, and she said that she works for a grocery store that operates in L.A., and they have quite a few celebrity clients. Oh. And she said, reviewing their orders, I get to see what the stars actually eat at home. Pleasantly, they are all real people and each have an indulgence here and there, except Teddy Mellencamp. (gasps) She's hardcore. She really does follow her Spartan diet recommendations, and that makes me sad. It's pretty sad. It, we talked about this on last week's mini episode about Teddy Mellencamp's... Was it a mini episode we talked about? No, it was a bonus episode. Right. We talked about this on our Patreon bonus episode about how Teddy Mellencamp of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and John Mellencamp's daughter, mm-hmm. and she was just fired from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Right. She has a recipe that she shared with her followers because she's like a fitness lifestyle guru right like a coach i think she's a wellness coach and she gives like diet tips and one of these diets or one of these meals that she advertised were for tacos but it wasn't a taco it was one leaf of butter lettuce with one teeny tiny orange segment and a teeny tiny slice of avocado and squeezed with lime squeezed with lime that's a taco that and that was the whole meal yeah you didn't even get two of them that is just so I can't. She's <laughs> she came under fire for this, obviously. Teddy well, because Mellencamp. the diet is like under a thousand calories per day. It's a starvation yeah. diet. Yeah. It's not okay. Uh and then she said her dumbest celebrity encounter on the job was an order for Zach Braff. And she was ex wait. P.S. My dumbest celebrity encounter on the job was calling about an order for Zach Braff, expecting to get an assistant, and being told to fuck off by Zach himself. Why? <laughs> I mean, I want details. Yeah. 
That's crazy. That's incredible. What if you got told off? What if you got told to fuck off by Zach Braff? You know, this isn't exactly a funny story, but I went to see um, Bette Midler in concert, like when she was last on tour, and I was sitting in a box, and next to me was um, Zach Braff's parents. Oh. And they were just like, they were like being coy about it, like who their son was. And I was like, oh, who is he? How did you recognize Zach Braff? I didn't recognize them. They told me they were Zach. I was just talking to them, and they were like, oh, our son's an actor. And I was like, who? (laughs) I'm like, don't play coy with me. Yeah. And then they were like, Zach Braff are like, and I I didn't even, I knew who he was, but I didn't watch like his show. So it wasn't like, ooh. (laughs) But it was just like weird because they were like this just dorky parents. Um, Yeah. Oh my God. They seemed nice So funny. She said Heidi Klum is really nice. Like that she's the nicest celebrity ever. I've heard that about her. I bet she's really fun to hang out with. Yeah, she seems fun. I like that she's really into Halloween too. Oh yeah, she's very I mean, like if Halloween. I was wealthy, I would be I would do Halloween like she does. The too. thing that pressures me though is that I feel like I would not want to have to outdo myself every year. She constantly has to outdo herself yeah. because there have been some years where I'm like, eh. And sometimes she's like in makeup for like 12 hours because yes. she's like full body alien or something. Right. Like yeah. I, that was my one of my I think that was my favorite costume she did is when she was that alien robot, the purple yeah sparkly red that was a great costume but that must have taken the whole day to do that also to walk i wonder how it feels because i always just even a wig sometimes irritates me after an hour (laughs) (laughs) on halloween you know you just rip it off at some point yeah and your hair is all in bobby pins you're like i don't care i need to be free (laughs) um and she wants to know my borscht recipe Okay, it's super simple. This is my great-grandma Bertha's borscht recipe. I will also write this out for you, or I can take a picture. I have it like a, on a card. It's so easy, and it's so simple. Basically, you just uh, get fresh beets, and you save the tops of the yeah. beets. You save the greens. You scrub the beets, uh, like the, the roots. You scrub the beet roots. You peel them. I cube them. I dice them into a little, not like super small, just depending on what size dice you want. Yeah. Like it can be chunky, you yeah. know? Uh, and then I put them into uh, boiling water and you don't drain them. I mean, you you take the beets. Yeah. You put them into boiling water and basically that's your stock and your beet foundation. The water will turn a dark, deep, beautiful red magenta color yeah and uh then i put in the juice of one lemon i chop up all the beet greens and i put those in last put in salt to taste you can put in a tablespoon of sugar also is good it like offsets yeah i mean it's like a good it helps enhance the flavor a little bit uh then i chop up all the beet greens i put them in at the last minute so they don't turn to mush you know just so they get tender Beet greens are so good. Yeah. They're so good for you too. Um, And that's the base of the borscht. And then uh, you can put a hard-boiled egg in there for some protein. Yeah. Uh, My grandma, in my great-grandma's recipe, she puts a hard-boiled egg in there. Uh, I also always put a big dollop of sour cream on top. Of course. And a sprig of fresh dill. The dill is essential. Mm -hmm. And then my trick, my personal trick is I also put a uh like at the end i would pour all the borscht over a smashed potato Mm. and it kind of thickens it up as you eat the soup that sounds good but yeah it's a really simple recipe it's an authentic recipe from my russian grandmother uh and it's very healthy and very tasty yum 
So I'll write it out though. Yeah. I'll take a I'll take a picture of the recipe though. But that's basically it. And she said, "Have a delicious week." I will have a delicious week. Thank you. Thank Me you. too. This is from anonymous. I'm making this anonymous because this was a Patreon message. Oh, okay. But I feel like this is like a you know this was a good story. Okay. Uh, she said, in one of your episodes, you were skeptical slash puzzled by someone giving blowjobs with chewing gum in their mouth. And I'm <laughs> dying to know which episode this was. Sometimes, you know what? I, I know this happens to me all the time when I'm listening to a podcast and I mention it to the host. I'm like, oh my God, when you said this, it was so funny. They're like, I said that? No, I have people DM me on like Instagram all the time with things I've said and I have zero memory of it. Right. Uh, it's weird. It's wild. But I wouldn't put it past us to t- make a remark. I mean, it about certainly this. sounds like something uh, we would say. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I'm sure it was like an off the cuff remark. And you know what? I am baffled about giving a blowjob with chewing gum. But I feel like I'd bite the dick. <laughs> Just this, like having it. This woman swears by it. Oh. I also feel like I'd bite the dick. Yeah, because it seems like you're doing too. It's like no. She says. I'm here to tell you I've been doing it for years. Wow. My husband has a substantial penis, which you'd think would make keeping dumb in gum gum in very difficult. (laughs) I love this story. But there's something about where the gum tends to sit under my tongue, and that works as a counterweight for my gag reflex. Oh. So this is like a hot tip. This is like a Heloise hints from Heloise. (laughs) This is like a very hot tip this is a hot home hack yeah uh she says i'm a weirdo i suppose as i'm very into oral sex there's nothing weird about that i love to give a good knob job and when i get really into it i love to deep throat especially during a steamy 69 session and the chewing gum seems to let me really get down on it without gagging uh anyway i'm weird i don't care uh i'm into it even after 25 years together Aww. I'm really curious if she's about to have sex, if she's like puts a piece of juicy fruit in. When what flavor of gum? Yeah. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, hold on. Like, let me put this gum in or, my mouth and get it chewed up. I, I'm imagining she just is a gum chewer. She's just always chewing. She just likes chewing gum. She's ready to go. So it happens. So sometimes <laughs> yeah. she, they get frisky. I love, I'm really, I love this email. I'm, I'm like, curious. I'm really fascinated by this. Um, thank you for, for letting us know. I, I learn something new every day yeah. from our listeners. I'm happy to I share really this learn with people. I learn new stuff all the time. Let us know if you try it and if it works. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, if you try this, let us know if it works. Uh, and she also bought some merch. You guys, we do have merch. Oh, yeah. And we're going to focus on it more. We really are. Look, we have some stuff in the works. Yeah. With merch coming up soon. Like I'm working with, uh, I'm working with someone right now, an artist that I'm friends with, we're going to get some stuff, new stuff, but we do have merch and it's Hollywood. Just go to hollywoodcrimescene.com. It'll redirect you to our store and um, you can get Hollywood Crime Scene t-shirts and a tote bag. And also we have a mug. That's my personal favorite item of ours. Mm -hmm. It's a mug that says strong load. Yeah. (laughs) In really cool seventies, like Superfly font. Yeah. Like it looks like Superfly, but it says strong load. It's cute. It's I love very it. cute. And it's it's like about coffee, but it's, you know what it's about. You know what it's really about. <laughs> you know what it's really about. 
Um, thank you for those emails. I love reading our listener emails. Again, if you've emailed the show and we haven't read or responded to your email yet, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Yep. We just pick them at random. There's a helicopter happening. You know what? We live in LA. We live in LA. This is the LA experience. There's just always helicopters. I don't know what they're doing. They're just, they just roaming around up there. They just happen. Causing a budget crisis. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's where all the, that's where the money's going to with the helicopters. Seriously. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Did you watch anything good this week? Yes. So I think last mini, I mentioned that there was a Chris Watts documentary on Netflix, but I actually did watch it this week. It's called The Family Next Door, and it's very good. Like, I highly recommend this documentary if you like true crime. It's one of the best documentaries I've seen in a very long time. I know that a lot of us have been disappointed in Netflix true crime documentaries lately because they're very boring. <laughs> and <laughs> they are. They're like put together very. Do you remember the Maddie McCann one? I hated Come on. It. Like, I hated it. They've been putting out this stuff where it's like, it's just not. They're like, you know what I mean? Well, we've all, we also were so spoiled that their first major documentary, true crime documentary they put out was Making a Murderer. Right. And everyone, I mean, that was like a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. This. Documentary is very good. It's only an hour and 20. It's like under hour 30, which always makes it easy for me to watch something uh, for whatever reason. Uh, So yeah, I thought it was excellent. And I even watched it two times. So wow. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it very soon. It's all I can't describe it any other way, but it's kind of like all found footage. It's all their security cams, cop body cams, interview um, video from his like interrogations, her Facebook post their text messages. So everything is actual footage of them. There's no commentary. There's no dissection of anything. We're just seeing it as what happened. Um, So I find it really interesting. I didn't know a ton about the case. So definitely filled in some blanks there. And it's just a really tragic story, but it's a very interesting documentary. And then after that, I went on a lot of Reddit boards about the case. So there's lots of of good... um, dissection I think of the case as well so yeah I watched that I did watch um some more horror movies did we talk about that last week I know you've been watching a lot of horror movies lately well because I have Criterion channel and they they released 29 70s horror movies this month and I like 70s horror movies in particular or just 70s movies actually can I ask you a question yeah of course have you seen Martin no you have to see Martin. You would love it. It's Is that a, from the 70s? Yes. It's a Romero film. Okay. And it's about a teenage vampire named Martin. Okay. You would love it. It's so good. It is such an underrated horror movie. Okay. And it, it's, it's so 70s. Oh, my yeah. God. It's so 70s. Um, it's so good. Everyone should watch Martin. I did watch um, Sisters. It's oh, a Brian De Palma movie. I had actually when I was watching, you know, you're watching a movie and like halfway through, you're like, I've seen this. Yeah. <laughs> 
I had seen it, but I had just completely forgotten I had seen it. Uh, did you like that movie? I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't? I know about it, but I actually haven't seen it. It's really good. And I actually might do a movie versus reality on it someday because it has a really interesting uh, inspire, story that it was inspired by. So yeah, I mean, it's like early Brian De Palma, who's not my favorite director, to be honest, but I do like some of his movies. And it has Margot Kidder. She's great. I love her. Um, I can't remember which ones I talked about last week. But I did watch that um, Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Did I talk mm-hmm. about that one last week? That was fine. Did you see that one? Yeah, a long time ago. I watched Coma. Oh. <laughs> so they just decided this year that they're going to release for Halloween all these different 70s horror. I guess every month they have different things. Another thing they have on Criterion that I haven't even dug into yet, but I will Actually, I did watch one of them. Is they have John, every almost every John Crawford movie? Oh, you watched Trog. I watched Trog. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There was a crossover movie between horror and Joan Crawford. Trog is an insane movie. Uh, that's another one I think I might have seen, but I can't remember if I've just seen a bunch of clips from it. Wasn't that like her last movie? I think it might be her last movie, but that's a genre of film I really like. Uh, old Hollywood glamour stars in sort of horror or sci-fi, like low-budget movies. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of them, obviously, and some of them are great, like Baby Jane and Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, and some of them are very low-budget uh, William Castle movies or whatever, like Street Jacket. Um, I and that love kind of William thing. Castle. Me too. I like them all, but it's like the the genre itself goes from like very good to like very low-budget, and even though they're awful, I do love bad movies. Same. Like, yeah. So love them. Trog is like. It's just like, I don't even know. It's like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But at the same time, I enjoyed it immensely. I was on an edible. (laughs) It's just like a fun thing to watch when you're kind of high and there's no storyline to really bother with. You're just watching this weird acting. Joan Crawford looks insane because she's still glamorous, even though she's playing like a psychotherapist or something. (laughs) I don't know what she is. So it's just like a funny movie, uh, I, I thought. So have you seen it? I haven't seen Trog. A few people I follow had watched it too. I guess they have Criterion Channel. Uh, but yeah, so those are those are the movies I watched. And TV, nothing really exciting. Well, I'm watching it. I'm still doing, obviously, 31 Days of Horror, um, where I watch a horror movie every day, except for I couldn't watch one last night because there was an internet outage. Oh, yeah. There was a fucking internet outage last night. Um, and I went to bed at 10 p.m., Wow. I know. That's like Do you the, know where your children are? Dude, that that is <laughs> I haven't gone to bed at 10 p.m. since I was like in rehab. Like I can't even think of the last time I went to bed at 10 p.m. Yeah. Um, I don't even, even I don't go like to bed I that was, early. I was dead tired. Like yeah. I, we, we had a lot of work at the shelter that we did yeah. yesterday. There was a lot of I just I don't know. I was just exhausted. Uh but I am watching a horror movie every night except for last night and then there was another night when the the internet spectrum internet has been fucking awful this month. Uh, I did watch Blood Diner the other night, which is one of the most insane horror movies ever. It's so funny. It's so stupid. It's like definitely one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen and the funniest. Yeah. So I feel like I need to watch it again just to like, because there was like so many insane things happening within one minute. Yeah. Like just nonstop. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe some, like what I was watching. Okay. Like, but it's I love like for me. I'm like I love 80s horror movies. Yeah, and this was from 1987. So like I 
that's my favorite genre. I mean, that's my favorite decade of horror. I love 70s too, but like 80s. It's different. One thing I like about 70s, it's like a lot of women having psychological breakdowns. Oh, yeah. Like that's my. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just, and, and, and in mainstream films as well. Like there's just something like this weird art is trying to deal with feminism in the 70s or something like that. I don't know right. what's going on, right. but yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. I don't know what I think I know what movie, I, you know what I, sometimes I make a list like some years, like I've made a list of what movies I'm going to watch this year. I'm just literally just like whatever the moment feels like. I'm just picking horror movies, like right. Flying by the seat of my pants. I'm half heartedly doing it, but I'm mostly watching these ones on uh, Criterion. Like I'm just kind of going through the list. I like, I have shutter. I have obvious. I mean, like I, I watch them either on shutter or Amazon prime. I'm blood, but blood diner was on, is on Hulu. Oh, so you should watch it and get back to me. Okay. It's fucking hilarious. Okay. Everyone should watch blood diner this week. <laughs> um, Oh, 90 day fiance slumber party. My podcast with Ali Siegel and Melissa Stetton. We're back. Yeah, we're back. Uh, we're zooming it. We're recording all of our shit through Zoom, so it's socially distant. And if you are a Patreon of that show, you can watch the Zoom. Ooh! So maybe that's a little incentive to join that Patreon. Yeah. If you want to see uh, the studio I record in <laughs> with all my shit behind me, like my, uh, it's like it looks like I'm recording in a teenage bedroom because like um, the one wall of our studio is just covered <laughs> in weird like random old magazine advertisements right just like it was when i was a teenager i'm like always looking at it because that's what i look at when i when we record oh <laughs> i'm always just kind of like because there's Whoa. a lot of stuff to look at there is there's yeah. a lot of stuff to look at uh yeah. but if 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 you're into 90 day fiance that show is back yeah we just uh recorded our recap of the tell-all Ooh. so that's the latest episode up um same dumb bitches as ever you Absolutely. know, Allie and Melissa, they're part of the Dumb Bitch Club. We're, we're a network. We're <laughs> <laughs> we really are a network. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to. Listen to some Dateline today. <laughs> Listen to a Dateline episode before you came over about uh, that cult leader, Warren Jeffs. Oh, yeah. Keith yeah, Morrison I know him. narrated. Ooh. I love Keith Morrison. Wait, here's something I found out this week that what? I did not know. Oh. <laughs> Keith Morrison steps on his Matthew Perry. I cannot believe that. How did I not know that? That is such a huge piece of information. And they have that they have been married a long time. This is not something that just happened last year. No, like, like he's I like they have kids together. I think before friends. I think it was like over 35 years that yeah. they've been together. Like or since he was like young. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. I think they were six, he was like 16 when they got married or something like that. And he's like in his 50s now, probably like early 50s. I love Matthew Perry. Yeah. I thought that was wild though. And I love Keith Morrison. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was actually stunned. <laughs> I love that. Anytime he gets talked about online, which I feel like he doesn't get talked about enough. No, my ears perk up. He's so good. I just, like, he's yeah. like one of my idols for, uh, like, you know what? Like, he's just one of my idols for, like, radio. He says podcasting. everything we're, we're all thinking. Like, his little asides. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just love it because it's so brutal. One but time. Not. <laughs> the one time he lost his cool, I heard, he was interviewing uh, this guy who was convicted of murdering his wife. And he lost it at him because this guy was like a clear, 
like sociopath narcissist. Yeah. And he just would not admit to killing his wife or whatever. He killed somebody. I'm pretty sure it was his wife. And Keith Morrison had just had enough of this guy. He was like, so you won't admit to do any wrongdoing. And this guy was like, you're going to have to talk to my lawyer. Or I'm not going to talk to... Yeah. Like, he was just being so cold. And so... Yeah. And Keith Morrison was like, that's a load of horse shit. But they bleeped <laughs> it. They had to bleep it because it's Dateline. But he basically said, like, that's shit and you know it. He lost it at him. I have... A, I recorded it on my phone. Oh, my God. That's um, incredible. Uh, yeah, that's it. What'd you eat? Ugh, nothing really good. I... Oh, well, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel made me fajitas. (laughs) I just had a bunch of shit this week. Just horse shit, actually. Perfect segue. (laughs) Sorry. No, the fajitas were good. It was like very, it's, you know what? You know what fajitas, it's like they're always good. They're always good. They're not like the thing you write home about. No, I mean, I didn't do anything special to these No, they were fine. They were good. Uh, I just meant like nothing like I can think of that's sort of like exciting. I can't think of anything. We did, from one of our listeners, get a gift certificate. (gasps) Oh, yeah. To Trejo's. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to do that. We're waiting for Brenton. Yes, we're waiting for. Because I think it'll be fun. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Did we have, we didn't have hot chicken. Did we have, oh, we got dim sum. We got some dim sum. Yeah. Uh, so for I our cheat nothing. day. I did make a really good strawberry shortcake. That was one thing. Dude, Desi made a strawberry shortcake, but instead of like the shortcake biscuity shit, right. she used sponge cake. I made homemade sponge cake, which is all egg white, like fl- it's like no leavening. It's just egg whites as a leavener, which was really difficult for me because I'm bad with egg white when they have to be beaten. <laughs> <laughs> they always deflate, but this came out perfect. It was the best strawberry shortcake I ever made. Oh, uh, maybe so I'll good. post a story recipe oh, with your borscht. So, with my borscht, yeah. What would you rather have? What sounds more delicious? My verse. We could do a poll. <laughs> would you rather You're have strawberry win. shortcake or borscht? Eighteen percent versus. Yeah, it really would be eighteen percent. I mean, I like both things. Look, but it's going to be your mood, sweet I, or savory. I also have a recipe from my great grandma Bertha for her blintzes. Ooh, let's make blintzes. I want, I make want her blintzes. Recipe. Yeah, let's do that. You know what else? I asked my mom all the time, like, what did Bertha cook for you? And one of the things she cooked, she's like, she would just dump a bunch of chicken wings in the fryer and just make me fried chicken wings. That sounds like, that really sounds, good. I'm like, I know it's a traditional Russian yeah. food, but that Ooh. sounds fucking delicious. Crispy wings. Crispy Come on. wings. The fryer. What the fuck's the fryer? Bertha, <laughs> you know, Bertha was in the newspaper twice. Oh, once when she was outed as a communist Ooh. in the 30s, they 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 doxed my great grandmother. My great grandmother was doxed by the Philadelphia Inquirer. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I looked it up one time on our newspaper service. Oh my god! And the second time was when she did like some kind of protest in the 70s in Florida. Wow, the su- <laughs> some radical in Palm radical. Beach. <laughs> Radical left, yeah, Palm Beach. At the villages. At the villages when she was like, you know, 80 or whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. That's it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.